Hello, it's Tina Anderson with BattlegroundFitness.com and my monthly podcast, Get Fit, Stay Healthy. This is show number 38. At the most basic level, you and I were motivated by two things, finding pleasure and avoiding pain. And if we look at getting and staying motivated from that perspective, we can see why it's so easy to fall off the wagon while pursuing our health and fitness goals or anything else that we say is truly important to us. This segment today is about motivation. I think you'll find it a little bit different than you expected, at least the first part. I have read tons of motivational articles, been to seminars and workshops, heard tapes, watched shows, and sometimes you know you just go, yeah, right, I know all about that, but I'm still not doing jack. Motivate this, it's not working. So I'm calling this podcast Motivational Know-How, and I'm hoping that this will be the day you finally get your butt in gear and start to make lifelong changes so you can live the way you want with the body and the life you deserve. Motivational Know-How, Step 1. Here we go. The Backstory and Reinventing. In acting, we often ask for the backstory before we approach a scene. What happened leading up to the current situation? Why and how are we here? Why are we here with these people? Why these feelings and these actions? You can do the same thing. Are you stuck? Do you not finish what you start? Can't stay the course, just can't get motivated? I want you to recognize your patterns, your habits, your upbringing that might have created who you are today and the actions that you are taking. If you're so inclined, start a journal and note your insights and reflections. Put them on paper and stand back for a minute so you can better understand why. Are there any milestones in your life? A crisis or two, an experience or two, role models, constant belittling, or a philosophy you saw and heard as you grew up? All of those things mold us and change us. They create who we are today. So you might be operating in a big, angry, horrible, complicated war zone. Your opponents might not even be detected at this point. You have to acknowledge all of that that's in your background, in your past. Then you have to decide that you're not going to be defined by any of that anymore if it is causing you to not live where you want to live right now. You're not defined by unhealthy, unproductive thoughts and actions. So reinvent yourself. For example, let's say that you have a a critical voice that you keep hearing. You can say to it, Dad, I love you. Thank you for everything. You know, but I realize I don't have to be perfect to be successful. And I'm moving on. So conversation is over. Because this isn't me talking, it's you. Bye-bye now. Not going to hear it anymore. Take some time with this if it resonates with you. You are not those voices in your head, the backstory that you have going on. Don't listen to them anymore. You aren't anchored or tethered by them. You probably unwillingly allowed them in. So now will them out. Motivational know-how step one is understanding the backstory and then reinventing yourself, paying close attention to getting rid of the critical voices that prohibit you from being who you should be. Step two on motivational know-how, the big hairy ass goal, the BHAG. An instructor in my master's degree program used this in one of his lectures and I love it because any big goal is going to kick your ass and the journey is going to get hairy at times. It just is. What is the deepest, biggest, critical, life-altering outcome for you? in regards to getting and staying motivated. Think big. 
What's the driving force? What do you want to accomplish truly? The payoff for achieving this goal has to be life-changing. It can't be, I want to feel better. That's not really a great motivational statement for you. You know why? I want to feel better? Jeez Louise, I'll go have a margarita or a nice glass of wine or I'll kick my feet up and watch a great movie, open up a bag of chips. Well, I'm going to feel better, not forever, but for a little bit of time. So that's not good enough. That's not what I'm talking about if that's what you're using. It has to be emotionally connected, connected to something critical in your life, or it won't matter enough for you to stick with it. That's the reason why you lose motivation. The outcome just isn't that important. Other things are more important. There's no big mystery here. People say to me, or you'll hear people say, oh, I just can't stay motivated. Why can't I stay motivated? I can't get motivated. La, 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 la. I'll tell you why. Because the outcome isn't that big of a deal compared to the other deals that you have going on. Instant gratification is more important than a long-term goal for you. That's it. Listen, do you think I uh, haven't been there? Think I haven't lived this before? Of course I have. But if you think about why you're not motivated, the goal, the ultimate What you're really going for probably isn't really what you need to be going for. It's probably part of it. That's my guess. So the big hairy ass goal, BHAG. And remember, we avoid pain. If the long-term goal makes you uncomfortable, well, good luck with that. I mean, we're in trouble here with this stuff if we don't really think about it and think through it. And I'm hoping that this podcast today will really help you with this because I've had an epiphany I, with this, I really have, and I'll, I'll share that at the end of the podcast. You got to dig deeper into this. What if climbing the tallest mountain in the world is a metaphor for facing fears and huge obstacles, or about finally achieving what you consider to be greatness, or about a sense of accomplishment that you just haven't found yet? In other words, losing weight might not be the big hairy ass goal. It might be a push goal, which we'll talk about next. Please think about your ultimate goal, the big one. It could change everything if you figure this out. It'll provide huge clarity and the motivation that you've been lacking or that you keep losing. Motivational know-how step three, the push goals or goal. Now you know about the BHAG, it's that driving force, but it needs legs, it needs support. Your push goals, thanks to Shalene Johnson for that terminology. They are the ones you probably already identify with and probably already use as the BHAG or the main goal. Now you need to write down your push goals and you need to look at them every day because they change as you get closer to the BHAG, the big ultimate goal, right? But they're not the ultimate goal. They're the foundation, the pathway, the fortifiers, your teammates. They are always a work in progress and they are tied to the next step. Motivational know-how step four, fat priorities, as in P-H-A-T. Based on your BHAG and push goals, what must you prioritize, absolutely prioritize on a daily basis to set things in motion and keep them moving in the right direction? Saying yes less, perhaps? Cleaning, dusting, mopping, and scrubbing less so you can exercise more? Doing something that makes you uncomfortable to help you gain confidence? Just smiling more and lightening up on yourself and others. Having a good breakfast every morning. I could go on and on. Grocery shopping is a huge priority for me because if I do it wrong, I get myself into trouble on so many levels. I never purchase anything anymore if I'm telling myself, hmm, I'll just have one little bite of these. I can handle having these in the house. Oh, these are for the boys. This is for my husband. 
wrong. Wrong answer, can't do it anymore. So for you, it might be reading a self-help book for 10 minutes every day, adding a 20-minute walk or one group exercise class extra that you normally don't do. I don't know. But make your priorities, set them, keep to them, look at them every day, and realize that they're helping you with your push goals, which are getting you to your BHAG. Whatever you need to do to support the big end result. And let's be real about this. If you want six-pack abs or a flatter stomach or smaller butt, you cannot have three margaritas and a pile of nachos on Friday and Saturday, right? Why? Because you made the taste of that food and the buzz from those drinks a priority and more important than getting six-pack abs or a flatter stomach. Unless you had one cheat meal, but that's another podcast. So let's be clear on this. Saying that you want flat abs, but then killing your diet in a bad way over the weekend is saying basically, yeah, I want that, but my priority right now is to have this enjoyment and it's taking precedent over my long-term goal. You have to just be real about it. If you're at work and you dive into donuts and candy because you can't help yourself, at that moment, you made that the priority over your long-term goal. You lost sight of it. It is what it is. So don't tell me, this is my goal. Why can't I get it? Why can't I stay motivated when you make decisions all day long or at certain times that really take you off course? And listen, I've been there. Everything I talk about, I live. You know that, right? So let's put this together. And let me give you an example of how this could work. Let's say that uh, your priority is to eat clean 90% of the time. Your push goal is to lean out to 18% body fat, and your BHAG is to be able to play with and coach your boys' soccer team. So I'll do that again. My ultimate goal is to finally be able to play soccer with my boys and coach, and I can't do it right now. But if my goal of leaning out to 18% body fat gets there, I'll be a superstar and I'll hang with my boys. And to make that happen, a priority has to be to eat clean 90% of the time. But if you make the big goal to eat clean 90% of the time, what what's really motivating you? Eating clean 90% of the time is not going to do it. It's got to be bigger. It's got to be tied into something bigger. You have to visualize it. You have to feel it, taste it, see it, hear it. So let's move on and get you there. Motivational know-how step five and my lucky seven tips and guidelines for success. I got to have seven when I'm doing lists because I just do, lucky seven. Number one is accountability. Do I really have to say this again? Yes, I do. Accountability is part of being motivated, is it not? Even if it's to yourself or your immediate loved ones. If you can't afford a personal trainer or coach, create a scenario, work out a plan with a friend, coworker, neighbor, or family member. Offer to do something or pay them money. If you don't reach a goal or your BHAG, Offer to run errands for a month or something that you would rather not do. Yeah, make it something that you do not want to do or that you would love to get if you win. Organize a larger group and put uh, more in the pot. Divide it accordingly, starting with the person who does the best based on fair measurements of success. Schedule what you need to do to stay on track and protect your calendar entries like a mama bear over her cubs. Be accountable to your schedule and your priorities. Accountability is huge in getting and staying motivated. I know this as a trainer. I know this as a coach. I know this as an instructor. And I especially know this as a client myself, having to be accountable to someone else. Number two, 
Make it fun. You know I'm the fun factor gal, right? My God, when did getting healthy and fit or getting rich or getting a new house or taking a dream vacation turn into all crap work? Find a way to have fun with your efforts. Maybe not all the time and maybe not fun like in nonstop frat parties or day-long scrapbooking or with friends at the races or shopping, but something somewhat enjoyable so you kind of look forward to it and at least enough to get you going. Try different workouts and try different foods. And don't pick a workout just for the calorie burn unless it's for cross-training and plateau breaking. For example, are you a dancer and love choreography but feel pressured to run because you've been told that it burns so many calories? What good is running, even if it does, if you hate it and don't do it anyway? It's no good. That's what it is. So having said that, you could do it once a week or every 10 days, but your mindset when you do it will be entirely different. And I'll be the first to tell you, and I hate the word should, that you should be doing resistance work or weight-bearing exercises three times a week. I believe that, at least two. But I'll also be the first to beg you to just move and make it as enjoyable as possible. You'll stay motivated and you'll get there when the process is not drudgery. Make it fun. Number three, kiss. Keep it simple, K-I-S. What's wrong with eating the same thing for one week at a time if it means less prep, less stress, and more workout or rejuvenation time? Nothing wrong with that. Grilled chicken and broccoli for a week? Fine, easy, bam. What about weight training on Monday, Wednesday, Friday? Interval cardio on Tuesday, Thursday? Ah, Cross training on Saturday. You can mix it up. You can do different things on those days, but the workouts fall under the same categories. Bam, easy. What about a well-planned and calculated grocery list each week? Make your list, get your stuff, get out of the store. Bam. Operate like a well-oiled machine for a set period of time. Even plan your cheat meal. Keep it as simple as possible so you can focus on what you need to do and not do. Distractions are good when you're, hmm, doing those longer cardio sessions or feel the urge to eat the wrong stuff or too much. Avoid the other distractions. You know what I say to those? Get the F out. Stop bothering me. I'm focused. Number four, patience, persistence, and a plan. Balance your efforts with equal parts of patience and persistence. If the big picture or the months down the road scenario overwhelms you, narrow your focus and take the 12-step program approach. Focus on one day at a time or even one meal at a time or one workout at a time. Plan around those and that which trigger you. Don't walk into the gym without a planned workout. Don't go to Costco without a list. Do the right things over and over and over again, and you know that you will go through peaks and valleys with this, right? You will do everything right and see no progress, and then drop pounds after a cheat meal. I've done that. Deal with the unfairness of it. I don't think it's fair that our military men and women return without limbs, but it's part of the equation. I hate it. It's not fair that your friend drops weight or builds muscle faster. I hate that. It's not fair that we tend to gain first where we lost last, that our bodies hold on to fat in the areas where we wanted to lose first. I hate that too, but it's reality and you cannot let it steer you off course. The back fat fairy recently paid me a visit. Now that I'm nearing 50, really, really? Tell yourself, this is part of it and I'll move through it with patience, persistence, and by sticking to my plan. Number five, environment. Surround yourself with 
positive, supportive, like-minded, honest people. You've heard the saying, misery loves company. So don't hang with that group and don't become that group. This might mean seeking out a new circle of both casual and meaningful friendships. You'll find those, you know, in fitness classes, running clubs, your house of worship, healthy eateries, social media. Oh my gosh, tons of groups and tons of people tweeting and posting. Turn negative talk into positive talk or at least shut it off. The critical voice. This is still your environment. This is still part of staying motivated. Who or what does that represent when you hear that critical talk? And how dare you let he or she into your life? That critical voice. Tell him or her to back off. Tell him to get the hell out and to not bother you anymore. We talked about this in step one. However, you can use negativity to help you. See the ugly outcome if you don't stay motivated and on course. Everything that you know will make you miserable. But see it behind you in your shadow and then walk away from it towards your success picture. Just say, bye-bye now, I'm leaving you. Manage your pictures and your words. That's your environment. Two of my favorite quotes on this are by two of my favorite motivational guys. Quote, people take on the nature and the habits and the power of thought of those with whom they associate within a spirit of sympathy and harmony. That's Napoleon Hill. And quote, don't join an easy crowd. Join a successful crowd where the expectations are high and the payoff is great. And that's Jim Rohn, who is no longer with us, but I heard him speak many times and I love him. Number six, progress and rewards. Make them measurable so you can recognize even the smallest of improvements. Don't set yourself up for frustration with crazy goals that require what you know is nearly intolerable. Yeah, maybe for a day or two you could tolerate something, but then what? You give up. We lose motivation when we have such large yardsticks for success too early in the game, or we focus on the outcome that's huge for us and not the little steps that get us there, which we just talked about. When my husband and I were working with a nutritionist, we would savor and celebrate even the slightest body fat percentage drops, the kind that we couldn't see or feel ourselves, but we saw them during measurements. Forward momentum is key, and even the slightest movement in the right direction, when we all know how easy it is to regress, is a good thing. Track your progress in numbers, in your clothing sizes, in the way your clothing fits, anything else besides just the scale. And if you do body fat, use the same tool and the same administrator for each measurement. Reward yourself with carefully thought out prizes that don't involve a trigger for you. Focus beyond the physical changes too. Are you getting healthier or closer to your BHAG, your big hairy ass goal, or even a push goal? Other areas in your life will improve, including your emotional state. Focus on that too. And finally, number seven, pauses and reminders. Here's one you won't see or hear about much, but it's critical in my opinion, and it's what's tripped me up, which is why I'm gonna bring it up. I simply have forgotten at times what I'm working towards until it's too late. Pausing for even 30 seconds will help you make better choices and stay on track. A sign or reminder, so when the cell phone is ringing, the text messages are flying, kids are screaming, dogs are barking, deadlines looming, house needs to be cleaned, blah, blah, blah. You're reminded of your big hairy ass goal and your push goals and your priorities. 
so you can quickly regroup. Find motivational messages that work for you or copies of pictures that you can hang, whatever it is. Give yourself physical reminders and take pauses when things start to go awry. A big red stop sign that says, stop, pause, think before you act. That would be, I think, awesome. The alternative, do what I've done. I get distracted, I get off course, I go eat, I don't even think about what I'm doing until I look into my closet for a party outfit and aptly drop to the floor in a pile of crumpled frustration over knowing that my skinny jeans won't fit right. You know what I'm talking about. At that point, you think to yourself, why? What was I thinking yesterday? Because it didn't even mean anything, and here I am. One day now, not as close to my goal as I could have been. You know what I'm talking about. Stop, pause, set up reminders. I so wish I would have done that more. Winston Churchill has a quote about never giving up. Don't ever give up. What if the day or moment you gave up was the day or moment you were one step away from breakthrough or the tipping point, as my friend likes to say? What if you looked in the mirror and decided, ugh, I'm still fat. I look so fat. I look terrible. Look at me. Gross. What if you had dropped weight, but you just didn't notice it? What if your body was getting ready to drop a bunch of pounds the next day, but you gave up right at that moment? What a shame. And remember, every little thing you do or don't do, it makes a difference. Studies show that 80 up to 95% of those who lose weight regain it, plus a little more. Shut the front door. We have a problem staying the course, getting and staying motivated. And I believe that part of it is because we don't address the bigger picture, that our BHAGs are not in place, the lack of fulfillment and satisfaction in our lives living in our grooves, that's missing, not using our gifts, not living with passion, and not willing to work at all of that. If being fit and healthy is your push goal or your big hairy ass goal, then go for it. But I think it might be part of something bigger. Either way, you've got to take time to think about all of this if you're lacking motivation. I'm going to share an epiphany with you that I mentioned earlier. I'm not going to put this in the script, but I'm going to tell you guys. I focused for so many years thinking if I could just get lean, the leanest that I should be, everything else would be great. I just need to get lean. And then at one point I got really lean, but you know what? I I put some weight back on because I had piles on my desk and I wasn't doing what I really wanted to do and I was frustrated and I got bored with things. There wasn't enough excitement. So as I look at my big hairy ass goal now, I know what it is. And part of it is what I'm doing with you is to reach people with a domino effect and to try to spread good, positive vibrations and to help people find their groove and to live in it. That's more of what I'm about. The more I work towards that, the less I get bored and run to the pantry, the more settled and calm I feel. And that's one reason why I'm sharing all of this with you. And I'm a month late on this because I've really been working on this podcast for a long time, wanted to get it just right. So if this resonates with you or you think it would with someone else, pass it along, use it yourself. Make this the day you start reinventing and the moment you start living in a better groove. Find your true big hairy ass goal. Use your push goals, set your priorities, live your life the way it should be lived. And certainly being healthy, fit and strong will open up doors and make living so much more fun and so much better. And if you already are, pass along your wisdom and some extra motivation for those who need it. My goodness, don't hoard it. 
Later this month, since it's already July, I'll be reviewing Stress Less, Way Less and interviewing the author Holly Mosier. Until then, make good choices, set appropriate boundaries, spread some good vibrations in the world. You find something to laugh about every day, every day, every day. And please, I'm begging you, I'm begging you, please, I'm down on my knees. Manage your stress before it manages you. This is Tina Anderson with Battleground Fitness and Get Fit Stay Healthy asking you to do the same. Oh, and let's connect on social media. Tina Anderson, capital O, capital C, on Facebook and Twitter, or send me an email and I'll send you info. I'll be posting the transcript of this on my Facebook page, not the epiphany part. That's just for you. Okay, guys, thanks for indulging me in this longer podcast.